1: You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on.
0: All right, welcome to another edition of Bears Nation podcast. I'm Jake Hassan. I'm hosting this week. Josh Lyles can't make it. So it's me, it's Chris Nano. You know him from the other episodes. And Harrison Barzik is filling in for Josh. So, gentlemen, what's going on?
1: Nothing much, man. Just excited. Hoping to uh, clinch the division next week against Green Bay. Um, so, that's what we have our sights on right now.
2: Yeah, to steal one from Ryan Pace, I am fired up, man. That's the biggest win I've seen on this team in years. It's a good feeling to wake up this morning knowing we just beat one of the best teams in the league and held them without a
0: touchdown. Yeah, so, I mean, let's talk about it. Uh, Harrison just mentioned it. Uh, We beat one of the best teams in football, Bears victory Monday that I think, uh, I I know I talked about it on last week's episode. I didn't expect to wake up to a victory this morning, but the Bears pulled out 15 to six. You know, it was kind of an ugly game but i mean at the end of the day you're 9 and 4 you're still in the division and chance to clinch next week
1: yeah um you know that was just i mean the bears put on a defensive clinic i mean that was that was just crazy like that that was one of the best defensive performances that i've seen in a long time and this is not me being biased at all um cuz what what they did to to i mean this this rams offense is probably a top 3 offense you know that we've seen in a really long time um along there with the chiefs of this year as well i mean they have everything going for them and you know like you said jake the, the bears held them without a touchdown um so you know that that in itself is just insane and you know it's it's just it's amazing seeing how uh, you know all the, we we talked about it earlier in the year um you know it's it's crazy how these uh, how, how all of our defensive players just feed off each other um, you know, they see someone make a big play and then, you know, everybody's fired up and, and you know, just turns the whole defense up. So, um, you know, that our, our our defense won us that game clearly because um, our offense didn't do its job. But, um, you know, they they picked up the slack and hopefully uh,
2: the offense can get it together next week. Yeah, you talked about those big plays and uh, the Rams are a big play offense. They're a quick strike offense, but our defense look like the same thing on the other end of the ball. They're a quick strike defense. Our guys are out, out there hunting the ball every snap instead of just trying to stop the offense and letting them dictate what they want to run. It's like they're going after the ball every single play. They're trying to make the play instead of letting the offense go on them. Every single time there's a snap happening, they're looking to make a turnover and change the game for our team. And that was fully on display last night. It was awesome to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, you guys touched on it. This is a high-flying Rams offense. You know, They have an MVP candidate in Todd Gurley. Uh, You know, they have Jared Goff, who's taken another step forward this year. I mean, he's probably going to be a pro bowler. Uh, He has been unbelievable this year. And then you talk about, you know, just their position guys. Robert Woods is unbelievable. He's been really good for them. Uh, Before he got hurt, Cooper Cup was great. You talk about Brandon Cooks, too. Uh, Tyler Higbee even is a threat and over the middle. So the Rams have all these guys and they had it all working for them, And that's why they were 11 and one. And then. You look at it and they, you know, we, we touched on it last week, Chris, me and you and Josh, you know, they come here to Chicago. The coldest weather they had played in previously was Denver in October. And, you know, they come to Chicago in December. It's a totally different ball game. Uh, and it showed. I mean, you know, every team's going to say, oh, well, we're prepared for any situation, we're prepared for any environment. But at the end of the day, you know, you're still flying halfway across the country here to come to Chicago to play in a climate that you hadn't played in yet. And, you know, bare weather's a thing. It showed. Bare weather is a, is a thing. Yeah, I you yeah, can see uh, last
2: night, uh, Chris... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, man. So you can see Jared, Jared Goff, I don't know whether he was cold or just off, but... Through under 50% of the day. That's something you never see out of him. He's one of the most accurate in the game, making laser throws week in, week out. And he completed just 20 out of 44 yesterday for under 200 yards and four interceptions. And in. people keep saying he had a bad game. That was our defense just making him look bad. Kyle Fuller is proving he is one of the best corners in the NFL. The seventh interception of the season on that play, he didn't even need to look at the receiver to know where he was going to go. He beat him to the spot like he always does. And just makes it look easy out there. Our defense made Jared Goff play poorly yesterday, whether it was weather or just pure skill. Again, awesome to see. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, you know, g- Goff,
1: Goff has always been a guy um, who struggled in cold weather. Um, and you can tell Goff is one of those quarterbacks, when he's rattled, he's really rattled. Um, but that that shouldn't take away anything from this Bears defense. I mean, they were, like, I can't stress it enough, they were just fantastic yesterday, like, on all fronts. You know, the, the line was amazing. Our linebackers were just fantastic flying everywhere. And, you know, our secondary we we all know about our secondary 25 interceptions on the year. Uh well that's our defense but you get my point. Um but yeah, it's it's you know, um Goff, Goff before today was or before yesterday was probably an MVP candidate. Um mm-hmm. you know, he at least deserved a mention, you know, but after after what the Bears did to him yesterday, I mean, he's out of it. So that just goes to show how well we played yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean, you talk about just even if you one thing that jumps out to me is Coming, in, coming to this game, Jared Goff had seven interceptions on the year. And, you know, the Bears, he gives up four to the Bears. And, you know, they were all pretty much the Bears doing the work. I mean, you could talk about the one Roquan Smith interception uh, and how, you know, Goff kind of got rushed. He got his foot stepped on. But still, that's a factor of the pass rush, getting there, making him uncomfortable, and, you know, creating chaos that affects your game. And, I mean, I mean, Goff's rating, passer rating last night was 19.1. His previous low on the season was 58.8. So he was almost 40 points worse in this game. And I mean, like you said, Chris, the defense was unbelievable Uh, from the line to the linebackers to the secondary. Everyone played well. Um, I mean, so, I mean, while we're talking about the defense, I mean, let's just, I mean, who's your guys' star from the defense from last night? If you, if you have to pick one, because they were all, like you said, played really, really well.
2: Uh, Roquan Smith for me. Mm-hmm. I think it might be Akeem Hicks. I mean, he was integral in bottling up Todd Gurley all, all day. He had that one huge second fourth down and on Eddie Goldman's safety, he was right there next to him. If it wasn't Eddie Goldman, it would have been Akeem Hicks a half second later.
0: Yeah, I think, I think both of those are, Really good picks. Um, But, you know, mine, I I think, has to be Eddie Goldman himself. Uh, You know, everybody went crazy over that Sean McVay video that he was naming the Bears starters. And I was like, oh, look at the memory on this guy. Yeah, every head coach could name off the defensive starters on the team he's going against. But the one name he forgot in that video was Eddie Goldman. And, you know, Goldman had one tackle, but it was the biggest tackle of the night. And, you know, I, I think it's just... Without that safety, you still win the game because, I mean, L.A. didn't score again. But that was a game-changing play. That When Jared Goff went down and those two points went on the board, I think that's when I knew that the Bears were probably actually going to pull this off. But, I mean, going forward, like, too, I mean, just to touch on who you guys, you said Akeem Hicks and Roquan. Roquan Smith, and I know Chris probably has a lot to say about this because we've talked about Roquan Smith almost every week, but Roquan Smith showed why you drafted him as high as you did because, you know, that sideline to sideline speed, it showed, and it just showed, like, in the interception, how fast he is. Roquan Smith showed why he was a top 10 pick.
2: Yeah, I mean, he only had four total tackles yesterday, which isn't lighting up the box for but uh, he had an interception. He covered Tiger a couple times coming out of the backfield. He just showed the speed, showed the silent and silent ability. And like you said, it was a defensive team effort. Everybody had a couple of great plays and he definitely was included in that. Yeah. Just, just one thing I wanted to mention about Roquan
1: Smith. Um, I know there was some people questioning, um, you know, his size and stuff like that, but you know, this looks like the same back player that we saw at Georgia, but faster, stronger, and you know, up to NFL speed. And you know, he's finally up to NFL speed. I think we can all agree with that. Um, so this defense is going to be scary for years to come. I mean, yeah. um, we just got we just got probably the the biggest um, uh, we- weakness in our defense from last year figured out. So um, you know that that's that's Roquan Smith is looking like like a great 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 pick by Ryan Pace.
0: Yeah, I mean an unbelievable pick, and so. Does this game against the Rams cement the Bears as the top defense in the league this year?
2: Absolutely. I think it does, too. I mean, that's the definition of a top defense, being able to stop a top offense. And they had, if not the number one, one of the top offenses in the league, and we held them out of the end zone. That cannot be understated. the whole reason they're out there is to stop them, and they didn't just do that. They got turnovers. So they did a great, great job. You can't really have a better game than that, and that was a ton of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was just a fun game. Uh, You know, before we get into the offense, Chris, you touched on how the Bears have shored up the biggest weakness, and that was taking away, taking the ball away from other teams. And so, you know, they finally figured it out because, you know, last year they had eight. The year before that, they had eight. The year before that, they had eight. They have 34 takeaways this season. And the last team to have more than 34 was the 2015 Packers, or Panthers, I'm sorry, who had 39 team that went to the Super Bowl. And the last team to have more than twenty-five interceptions was the twenty thirteen Seahawks, who had twenty-eight and they won the Super Bowl. So it's pretty good company to be in.
2: Oh yeah. Definitely. You know, we've had we've had eight interceptions three years in a row and pal Fuller is one away from that by himself this year. So that is just the epitome of a turnaround right there.
0: Yeah. I mean what has happened in Chicago with the defense is unbelievable. And I saw this and so I want to hit on this too before we move on to the offense and our other observations. Are you guys worried of another team taking Vic Fangio as a head coach?
1: Um, I actually was having this conversation with my buddy earlier. Um, and he, and we were, I, I actually brought it up. I was like, I was like, man, I really don't want to lose Vic Fangio. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, get a head coaching job somewhere. And he's like, man, he's like, if he went, if he helps us win a Super Bowl this year, he can go. I don't really care. And I, I, I mean, he, he probably over-exaggerated with the I don't care part, but um, right. I kind of get the if – he, if, if he can, you know, uh, get this defense to Super Bowl level and we end up winning it, I mean, that's that's what all Bears fans have been praying for. So, um, you know, I feel like he's – he's at that point, he'd, he'd probably have done his job um, to the highest level that he could, and, you know, helping us win a Super Bowl is, is crazy, so – he doesn't really have anything left to prove as a defensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator. So uh, might as well just, just get yourself uh, the big money.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of bored of that too, where I think we have the talent to recover from that loss. If it does happen at the same time, Vic hasn't changed the last couple of years. This defense as much, as I hate to say is because of the players. I mean, he's doing a great job scheming, but Khalil Maxwell took us over the edge here and Vic's been Vic for what, 10 years now. And he's been getting interviewed year after year and hasn't gotten the job yet. So and sure there's some kind of reason he hasn't gotten it yet, but we'll see what happens. I hope not to lose him.
0: Yeah, the, that was my thought, too, is that teams have been trying to get Vic Fangio as a head coach for years. I mean, since the San Francisco days, and he's always just picked elected to remain a defensive coordinator. Um, of course, a team throws a bunch of money down and fr- on the table for him. that might tempt him away. And, I mean, you look at, there's going to be some situations that open up. Green Bay is one of them. Green Bay wanted him for defensive coordinator. I'm sure they'd love to have him as a head coach. Uh, You talk about maybe the Falcons, maybe the Buccaneers. Uh, You talk the Browns even, the Bengals, Jacksonville. Jacksonville has the players to be a really great defense. They showed that last year. If they decide to make a coaching change, Vic Fangio might – say, all right, I'll go work with Jalen Ramsey. I'll go work with, uh, Clayus Campbell and these guys and see what we can do. But I, I'm with Chris. I, I think that, that he might elect to stay and maybe he'll elect to stay with what he's built. But I, I think it does have to be at least a little bit of a worry until he says, all right, I'm staying here until you get the actual concrete answer.
1: Uh, I, I just want to mention one thing really quick. Um, sure. After this NFL season, with the way it's played out, I don't know how much interest there's going to be in a defensive-minded head coach. To be quite honest with that's you, the true. way this league, the, the way this league is trending, I mean, if you don't, if you don't, you know, sign a offensive-minded head coach, I think you're making a huge mistake. Um, especially with, you know, especially with the team that has a young quarterback, because you would much rather have him with learning uh, from an offensive guru than a guy who's focused on the defense. But that's just something that I wanted to throw out there because I've been thinking about that as
2: well. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you've seen the blueprint get laid out. The Rams got Tommy Bay the young offensive-minded coach, and they got Wade Phillips is the experienced guy in the defense. The Eagles got Doug Peterson for the offense, and they kept Jim Schwartz for the defense, another experienced guy. Bears with Nagy and Fangio. He's brought up the Jaguars earlier. I don't think he'd be able to fix that team because the problems are on the offense. They have Blake Bortles over there. Cody Kessler doing nothing. The defense is still good. And I don't think that's the way the NFL is going with these head coaches anymore on the defensive side. See Steve Wilkes in Arizona, nothing really happening over there. So I think the blueprint's kind
0: of been set here. Yeah, that's fair. All right. I think you guys convinced me we're keeping them. <laughs> let's, uh, like, let's talk about the offense. Uh, Mitch first game back he didn't wow anyone. Uh, he didn't have a great game. He just had a passer rating of 33, 16 for 30, just 110 yards. Obviously that awesome touchdown, uh, on the trick play, but three picks, uh, all of them were pretty ugly. Uh, two of them just blatant overthrows. Uh, You know, I think that this was a case of some rust still, still trying to get back into the swing of things. And maybe, you know, maybe you think about that shoulder isn't all the way back, but you have to consider that even Mitch Trubisky at 80% gives you a better chance to win than Chase Daniel probably does at a hundred percent. And you know, you saw what happens when you get Mitch's scrambling ability in there, you see that you can take some more shots downfield. Uh, Do I think it's going to be an issue going forward? No, I think that by next week against the Packers, he's probably feeling good again. You know, he gets another week of practice, get back into the rhythm. Uh, I think this was more of an anomaly, and I I think by next week, Mitch will be back to you know the quarterback we've come to know and love this season.
2: Yeah, I was kind of go ahead, Chris. Go go ahead, man. Go go ahead. ahead. I was going to say I was kind of on the same page with that. Where obviously it's not a good look to see him miss three pretty bad throws, ended up at interceptions. And then I was thinking to myself out. Oh, he's rusty; he hasn't thrown the ball in two weeks. But then I started to think a little further, and I'm the biggest Mitch supporter there is. I was also the biggest Cutler supporter there was, and I'm starting to worry that maybe people are starting to put their blinders on a little. But I would say there are people who do not like Trubisky as a as a given. But uh, I'm worried that we're putting blinders on a little bit because they are some bad throws, and this mm-hmm. blind faith may not be always the best thing. But I still think he'll turn it around. Just a word for the wise: don't necessarily buy it in completely just yet.
1: Yeah. Um- Jake knows that I'm pretty much, I would say I'm fair when it comes to Trubisky. Um, I may be a little bit mm-hmm. hard on him, um, but that's pretty much is because the Bears have made me miserable for all my life. But um, so, you know, with Trubisky, I think I don't want to say this, but I'm starting to think that maybe he isn't up to the level of the number two pick, but I don't think that means he's a bust and I don't think he's going to exactly. a bust um, overall. Um, and that's perfectly fine. You know, everyone's seeing what Mahomes is doing, and everyone wants to compare and whatnot. But you know, this is our guy. This is what we're focused on. We don't. We're not worried about Mahomes right now. Uh, maybe in February we might be, but not right now. Um, right now, it's just we're just focused on Trubisky, and you know, he he's missing some throws that he should be making, and that I feel like that's the the most worrying thing because um, he he he's missing wide open guys, and he's airmailing them by a lot. Um, so, and that, and like Jake said, you know, I'm, I was, I was thinking about, you know, is, is that shoulder, you know, is, is it ready to go? Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that, I, I, I don't know. Um, we'll see next week. I think we'll get a good indication if, if it was rust or, you know, if, if that shoulder is actually up to no good.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think i jump back in real quick. I think you will get better with another year in the offense is another thing where it's too, a little too early to tell too, too early to, to really make any too harsh a calls. But at the same time, uh, he has shown the flashes, but he doesn't need to be the best quarterback in the league. He doesn't need mm-hmm. to be Patrick Mullins. You saw that last night. He has worst game as a pro, arguably, and we still beat the best offensive football. So if he can just be average, which I think he can easily do, our defense can carry us just to pretty good places.
0: Yep. Um, I have two points on this because uh, I've talked about this a couple times already today. Uh, Chris knows I do a couple different shows, but... One thing, the reason I bring up the shoulder and I'm not saying, you know, oh, well, Mitch, he made all the right decisions. It's just all on the shoulder. No, of course not. You know, we know Mitch is prone to getting anxious, getting a little antsy. But the and the one interception, I will say, was a bad decision. He threw it into a really tight window that he really shouldn't have thrown it to on the target to Allen Robinson. That's fine. Um, I'm what I'm focusing on are the two overthrows. And that's why I think it was a mix of the shoulder and his first game action in two weeks. Uh, because, you know, overthrows is something we saw with Mitch early in the season, and the, it kind of got ironed out as the weeks went on. So I think it's just, and that's why I think it's part of the rhythm thing, part of the shoulder. Once he's healthy and back into his regular routine, I think that goes away. Uh, so that's just my point for the interceptions. Yeah. I mean, he's going to make mistakes still. He's still a young guy to your guys's point about, you know, maybe he doesn't live up to the billing of a number two quarterback, but he can still be an above average quarterback in this league. I'm with you guys. I think he's not going to be the superstar that you expect to see out of a number two pick. Um, I think That it's obviously harder to have the comparison to Patrick Mahomes because, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he had all the physical tools. Just nobody knew he would develop this quickly as far as the mental side of the game. And he is unbelievable credit where credit's due. Mahomes is an unbelievable quarterback. Um, However, I do think Mitch will be better than average. I think he's going to be a pro bowl caliber quarterback in time. Whether that's next year or two years from now, and I, I do think it's within the next two years, he continues to elevate his game. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to bring this old one back that it's still really his rookie year here. I mean, if you yep. really think about it, so and especially with the new system and all, um, I also had this conversation with someone else earlier. This year, the Bears have already exceeded our expectations. Uh, they've already done more than we thought they were going to do prior to the Khalil Mack trade that is. And the thing with Mitch is this year, at least in my eyes, you were just looking for flashes that he could be the guy. You were looking for a couple games here and there where he showed that, yeah, I'm the guy for the future. I can win you a playoff game. I think he's done more than that. I think he's, you know, that stretch where the Bears went on for after the New England game, from the Jets game through the Vikings game, he showed that he can be the guy. And I think he's done more this year in, as far as showing his development than we expected, and I'm very happy with that. Uh, I still think he has some things to iron out, but I think that I'm very confident in Trubisky and his abilities for the next six, seven, eight years, however long.
2: Yeah, I think you nailed it with saying uh, he can be probable. I mean, before he went down with this injury, he was on pace for probable numbers this year. He's showing the flashes, and, and the standard of quarterback in this league is so impossibly high sometimes. I mean, there are so few guys like... Brady and Rodgers that can go week in and week out and make it look easy. Even people like Big Ben and Matt Ryan have awful, awful games. Cam Newton threw four picks the other week. Every quarterback has a bad game like this and so hard for that to be consistently week in, week out that I think the standards a little bit too high sometimes.
1: Yeah. Um I saw a lot of people, you know, bashing Trubisky yesterday, um, and you know, kind of saying that this game exposed him as a fraud or whatnot. And I understand you know, on Twitter it's a lot of rival fans just, you know, mm-hmm. just Trash talk and and whatnot, but you know I I keep seeing people say that um, the numbers are misleading uh, when it comes to Trubisky, and you know I, I, that might be true that numbers don't tell the whole story, but numbers also don't lie, and his numbers are solid at the very least. You got to give him that. So oh, I mean, everyone calling him a bottom what is it, five QB that, I, that I've seen people, um, you know, those takes that I've been seeing on, on social media. I mean, it's, it's it's awful. Like he he is not a bad. He just isn't a bad quarterback, um, and, and I'll also be the first to admit that he is he's probably not going to be a great quarterback, but he just has to do enough to win, and that's all we've, that's all we've mentioned since he got drafted, um, especially since you know our defense started getting better, and this after this offseason, we kind of just wanted, you know, we set the expectations to that, but, um, you know, I, I, I still, I just don't get people calling him a bust, and I don't believe he's a bust, and I, I honestly
2: don't believe this is me having blinders on. Yeah, I just cannot wait to see where he's at next year with another full season with these receivers, build that chemistry, another full season, uh, learn the playbook with Nagy. I mean, people keep saying he's football young, and he really is. There's so much growth he has yet left to do. I think he still has the potential to be really, really good.
0: Would it be fair to say that Mitch Trubisky's ceiling is a more athletic Ben Roethlisberger?
1: Um. I was actually thinking I was thinking his ceiling was like Matt Stafford type of quarterback. Yeah, I believe I believe he's gonna hover throughout his entire career. He'll hover anywhere from like the eighth best QB to like the thirteenth or fourteenth. I think that's where he'll be around for the majority of his career.
2: Yeah, I hesitate to make any kind of comparisons between any of our young guys, Trisky included in that, with Hall of Fame pedigree, championship pedigree guys like Roethlisberger, even though their skill sets might be pretty similar. But I look at him more as a more athletic Alex Smith. I know that's a pretty old one, but I think it's a little more accurate with where he's at right now. Yep, that's fair.
1: Yeah, and I I didn't mean Stafford in terms of play style. I kind of just meant like level of...
0: I don't know. Right. Right. Well, well, Steph- like Stafford was once a 5,000-yard passer, so I get what you're saying where you're coming from yeah. with that. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> like I, I feel like I feel like he'll hover around um being an above average quarterback, not great. Um mm-hmm. but just above average. Um you know, he, he's I think he's good enough to be a franchise QB if that's what the question boils down to.
0: Yeah, I think at its core that's what it is. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think he can be a top 13 top 12 quarterback in the league. Um, and at his peak, he probably bust into that top 10. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I was asking at its core. Do you believe in him as a franchise quarterback? I think we're all in agreement on that. Um, but we kind of buried the lead here. I mean, Mitch was obviously a story, but the next thing on offense, Jordan Howard, finally above a hundred yards in a game, 19 carries 101 yards uh, he's had, I, I believe over the last two games, Howard has 178 yards, something like that, just about 180. uh, finally starting to get comfortable, finally starting to be used, uh, in a regular role. So a role that sees him succeed, but you know, this was a big game for the run, for the rush attack because Cohen had nine carries for 69 yards as well. Trubisky added 23 of his own 194 for the team. Uh, this was huge for the running game.
2: I think the best thing you saw out of Jordan Howard yesterday was the chunk of plays he was able to get something he has not done all season long. I mean, there was a first and 15 with about 10 minutes in the game. Not a super, super critical play, but one he obviously wanted to get positive yards on. And on a play like that where he usually gets one or two this season, he busted it for 21, picked up an easy first down after we got set back behind the penalty. So plays like those they started making yesterday we have not seen all season. It's a really encouraging sign for him going forward.
1: Yeah, um, you know it, it, this. This goes back to what um, what we were talking about with um, uh, with Josh earlier in the year, um, and how we were talking about how the Bears have so many different weapons, and teams have to game plan. Uh, the teams have to game plan for, and I think we're finally starting to see teams feeling the wrath of that, um, because you know Jordan Howard, you know when 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 he's in the game and and he's you know he takes a handoff, you know you're 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 playing against him, you're preparing for him a slightly different than you are for Tariq Cohen, and I feel like throughout the course of the game just having the, having the defense guessing like that is just it, you know it, it's it's an advantage obviously and, and you know that it worked out perfectly for us as we saw both running backs played played very well
0: yeah i mean i was very happy with it <clears throat> um you know on this show we've been advocating for more jordan howard all year you know it's something we've been hammering home and <clears throat> you know i've always been the first to say you know game situation game situation it's different it, it calls for different things at different times um, I'm happy that Jordan Howard is having success in the last two games. Harrison, you mentioned it. He's getting those chunk plays now. He's not just getting one or two. He's getting five, six, ten, fifteen yards on these rushes now. He's finding the holes. I think and that's also credit to the offensive line for, you know, creating those opportunities. And a couple weeks ago, Chris, me, you and Josh talked about how, you know, you, you worry about getting too one dimensional because you have to have an offense that can click with the rushing game and the passing game, if you want to win a playoff game, this is the perfect, they're they're picking the perfect time to rediscover their run attack. And I think that gives you a lot more confidence going forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah, If I can, can Chris, Uh, just one quick thing, really uh, just one thing really quick. Um, You know, if it's, it's, like the the rush attack actually picked a great game to come alive because, you know, yeah. with the way he played, um, if if the, if our running backs don't play how they did, I don't know if we win this game. Um, so and and it, like you said, Jake, um, we were just talking about how important it is that we get the run game going and look what happened. So um, another reason to keep watching this show, because we're
2: always right.
0: Well, they <laughs> can't watch the show, Chris, because it's a podcast. But your point <laughs> stands. <laughs>
2: Well, I think Jake, you just talked about is avoiding becoming one-dimensional. I thought one thing that was super encouraging last night was seeing how well Tariq Cohen was able to do between the tackles. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's one thing we've been pretty one-dimensional with all season. When Tariq Cohen's in the game, you know he's going to the outside somewhere. I thought last night it was super encouraging to see him be able to get between the tackles, keep the defense guessing, keep him honest, and something he hasn't done all season long. So it was a good day for the running game overall.
0: Yeah, I'm very happy with it. Uh, Last week, Chris, we talked about Taequann Maizel. How uh, we needed to see a little bit less of him. He only had one carry this week, but I, I, I noticed him a little bit more. He's pretty good in pass protection, I will say that.
1: Yeah, no, he definitely is. Like we, we were talking about, how he does all the little things, and he's probably mm-hmm. doing things in practice to be getting the opportunity. So, um, you know, it's probably not going to affect the team too much, like you said last week, Jake. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's fine.
0: Yeah, and. So let's just look at the receivers real quick. Nobody had more than 42 yards. Robinson, obviously, with that number, five catches. Um, but what we really need to talk about with the receivers is that trick play that was called on the goal line. Bradley Sowell, uh, I mean, a two yard catch for a touchdown. He's a six foot seven offensive lineman. Uh, you know, this comes after last week we saw Akeem Hicks rush for a touchdown uh, everything about that play was beautiful. I mean, they had me tricked because I thought for sure it was just a Keem Hicks going to try and run over some guys. But I mean, I just love this show of creativity from Matt Nagy. It's so fun. And you know, you never know what you're going to see. And I, it was funny cause I saw a tweet today that said, uh, last year, John Fox. All right, let's just punt from arm 45. on fourth and one Matt Nagy. I don't know, man. Shit. Let's just throw it to our offensive lineman on the goal line. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's amazing. Like It's it's great. I mean, do you guys want to talk about that real quick? Whatever your thoughts.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's just it's it's bringing, you know, the fun back into Chicago Bears football. You know, it's it's mm. it's not it doesn't feel like like a grueling three hours when you're watching Bears anymore, you know, and I feel like that's that's the part that has um, the Chicago fans just, just so excited because, you know, it's, it's, fans are, are happy again, and, and you know, it, it's, it's good times right
2: now. I couldn't have, said it better, any, so couldn't have said it any better myself. I messed that part up there too, but the uh, Bears are just fun to watch again. I mean, you got to love Nagy for all this. On that goal line play, he faked a handoff to one of four defensive linemen on the field on an offensive goal line play and then threw it to a tackle. I mean, that's something I would never would have thought I'd see, and it's just so fun to watch. It makes this Bears team all the better to see this year. Uh, I don't think I don't think I've ever been more hyped up for a
1: two yard pass in my life. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, like I jumped out of my seat. I thought it was awesome. Um, you know, and it's stuff like that that it's, the Bears have that it factor because you never know what they're going to throw at you. I think that it's very important. Um, before we start talking about next week's game, I want to hit one more thing uh with the offense and that's the offensive line and the job they did keeping Mitch Trubisky upright. All night the Rams had two quarterback hits and one sack. This is a Rams line that has MVP candidate Aaron Donald, rush specialist Dante Fowler, one time best defensive lineman in the league, Sue, and a handful of other guys. It, the fact that Mitch Trubisky only got hit three times, the fact that he was, for the most part, didn't feel that much heat uh, and was able to get away from it when it was coming, kudos to the offensive line that they were great against one of the most fearsome defensive lines in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got to be encouraged out of seeing what James Daniels did yesterday, a rookie offensive guard. I know he's second round pick, pretty high pedigree, but for him to hold up against Aaron Donald, the best defensive tackle in the game. He only had, I think, one quarterback hit and one tackle in the day. Never really got too close to our quarterbacks all night long, and that was just so cool to see from a young guy because he makes all pros look silly on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah, what they did, um, you know, I, I just every,
1: – everything I can describe uh, from yesterday, the, the one word I can use for all of it is just insane because I was watching that game sure. and at how many, like, individual battles the Bears won. Um, that ultimately led to them winning the game, um, which, and, and those were battles that I definitely was not confident in coming into the game. Um, so, you know, they stepped up, you know, that the bears came through and they showed their big time and why they deserve, you know, to be mentioned along with the best.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Chris. I mean, last week we talked about, we were kind of unsure, you know, I, I picked the Rams to win. Uh, I think you, you and Josh picked up the bears to win. I picked the Rams and you know, I, I've never been more happy to be wrong. I mean, I was ecstatic to be wrong, and I was very happy. But, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, Chris. You proved that you can hang with the Super Bowl favorites, with the team that everybody was afraid of, and you showed them what you can do. You, your defense stood up, and here you are, 9-4. and four, uh, The Vikings lost tonight, so, you know, you're one game away, either a win or a Vikings loss, away from being NFC North champs. And it's, what week 14 week 15 you still got three games left i mean it's crazy yeah i mean it's unbelievable it's a fun time to be a bears fan and now we look ahead to next week and it's the revenge game packers come to town and it's time to avenge that one point loss i mean what? how are you guys feeling going into this one because i feel great i feel amazing
1: i feel fantastic um The one thing I will say about the Bears win yesterday is um, they do not have any room for excuses anymore after winning that game. Um, If you beat the Rams, you should beat every other team in the league or at least have a chance to. So um, if we if we lose to, you know, a team um, in the near future, I don't want to hear any excuses about us not being ready because I feel like this team is ready. Um, And yesterday proved that. Um, And yeah, like you said, you know, we uh, that game. That game was, that, that game sucked. That, the way that game ended absolutely sucked. And, you know, we can win the division against Green Bay, uh, the team that a lot of Bears fans, I think, will agree with me uh, when I say they do not like Green Bay fans at all. They don't like the package at all. Uh, players, the fans, anything about them. So um,
2: it's going to be a good one and uh, really hope we can get this win. I think we're going to get this win and more. I was excited for the Vikings game. I was super excited for this Rams game. But I am on a whole other level for this Packers game. I think we're going to beat them into the absolute ground. I'm fired up on everybody else's. The defense is fired up because they let that comeback happen. Trubisky's fired up. He doesn't want to have another bad game Can win the division at home against the arch rival. I think we're going to beat them by 50. It's going to be a blowout.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's warranted Harrison. I mean, that's completely 1000% warranted. Uh, you know, I was talking about the week one loss earlier. Uh, on my other show, uh, shout out to Line I Drive. But you know, you look at that loss, and that was a game you lost by one, in which your defense was good, but they weren't. I I don't think they were at the level they're at now. I think the defense has come together and reached another echelon. I think especially that showed last night, uh, and you know that first game, you really didn't have an offense yet. I mean, Mitch wasn't as good as he is now, or at least a healthy Mitch, you know, you were still not really sure how you were going to use Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen, uh, Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel. And now here you are handful of weeks later, 13, 14 weeks later. And you know, Mitch Trubisky's thrown six touchdowns in the game. He's hit over 300 yards in multiple games. Your run attack is starting to get some traction. Uh, Your defense is holding the Rams to six points and, you know, you look at uh, this Green Bay team that has fired their head coach, has had up and downs with their rushing game, has really struggled with their defense as far as, you know, getting the ball, creating turnovers and stopping the deep ball. And I think it all just lines up bears. I mean, everything is showing up bears coming to this game, and it's going to be at Soldier Field, uh, obviously. And we saw what happens when Soldier Field's loud last night.
1: Yep. Um, this should be a win, absolutely, 100%. I, I mean, as this game is not as important as the ones we've played, you know, in the last four or five weeks um, because, you know, we're, we're in a good, good position now. But you know, I I I think Bears fans would agree when I say you know this is probably the most important game in terms of like this. this, Yeah, we just we this will kind of prove that the tide is turning um, when it comes to this rivalry. Um, And I know Bears fans have been patiently waiting to be able to say that we're better than the Green Bay Packers. And um, after you know we beat them on Sunday, I think I think they they'll finally be able
2: to do that. I cannot wait till Bose tries to play that stupid, terrible, awful commercial of Aaron Rodgers and Soldier Field at halftime when we're up by 40. I cannot
0: wait. (laughs) They will get torn apart for that decision.
2: I don't get it already. They're four and seven and one, and we're on top of the division. They still play that commercial during every single Bears game. It's like they don't even know who their audience is. It blows my mind and pisses me off every single time.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a huge game, Chris. You you mentioned it. it. It'd be a huge morale win because the Bears haven't beaten the Packers at Soldier Field since 2010, and I mean, they've lost five in a row to the Packers, including that Week One loss. So, like you said, this would be a huge. The tides are turning game because it would just show you that you know the Bears are back. I mean, that would beating the Packers and clinching the division at home would be the ultimate Bears are back moment of the season. I think. Yep wholeheartedly agree with that man yeah so let's i mean before we get out of here i want to bring up just two more things the first is really fast we talked a little bit about mitch are you confident in his health for next week like i already said i think he's going to be back in his rhythm back in his routine i think he'll be guns blazing next week i just want to see what you guys think about that as well
1: yeah I think he I think he'll be ready to go and if he isn't, I don't think they would put him in a position to play. So mm-hmm. um I think it's a good idea pretty soon, but he should be fine. I I mean they let him play the whole game, so it didn't look right. like anything was bothering him necessarily. So um I
2: think he should be good to go against Green Bay. Yeah, I agree with that. Didn't look like overly concerning yesterday. I know he had some throws of sailed on him. I think it's just more rust than uh the injury if anything, so I think he should be fine. I haven't seen any setbacks happen either, so we should be making steady progress going forward.
0: All right, yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys. Um, so, last thing f- that I have is we've talked about it, mentioned it a couple times. The Bears are nine and four, six and one at home. They're looking at a playoff spot. How feasible is it that the Bears win out and they end the season twelve and four? You, your next three games, Green Bay. Uh, you have Green Bay at home, obviously. You have San Francisco uh and in San Francisco and then you go to Minnesota to close out the season. Packers, we know this is a revenge game. You know, it, it's a game that you want to win, you want to avenge that one-point loss, you want to clinch the division. 49ers, tanking team, they want that top pick. Obviously, every team's going to say they're going to play their hardest and they're going to come out, you know, hungry, but let's be honest, this is a team that's tanking. They're not very good. Vikings I think that's a tough game to close the season out, especially in Minnesota. But this is a team that you showed you can handle and a team that you already beat on national television 25 to 20 and really wasn't even that close. So, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts? I think it's completely feasible that they finish 12 and four here and end the year on a four game one streak.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, there's no reason why they shouldn't, honestly. Um, I mean, we're, is it fair to say that we're better than, than all three of the teams that we play coming up?
0: Yes. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So so then I mean at that point I just don't think there's any excuse. You don't have one. If you want to be in the playoffs, you should beat all three of these teams. Well, we are in the playoffs. I should you guys get what I'm trying to say. If you want to be a contender, these are the types of games you have to win. Um, especially in the in these, you know, these clutch moments late in the season. Um, obviously we have our young quarterback, still a young team. Um, and the experience may may hurt us, and, and I'm kind of scared of that. Um, but we are talented than all we are more talented than all three of these teams and should I mean twelve and four is possible, hundred percent.
2: I think we easily can win these three games. I don't think we will. I think we smoked the Packers. I think we smoked the 49ers. The reason I think we're gonna lose the Vikings is actually for a good reason. They just lost almost right now to the Seahawks, so they're officially two and a half games behind us. We might not have anything to be playing for in that game. And you know, now he loves the rest of his guys, he doesn't have to play them this might be the first time in years we get to rest our starters for a good reason instead of a bad reason.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm with, I'm with you guys. Um, I think that it, Harrison, I think that's completely valid. Uh, you know, especially if you do lock up the division this week and then, you know, you're probably looking at the Rams and saints taking those first two seeds. So, you know, you're probably not getting home field in that last week, unless, you know, one of those two collapses, but, yeah, I, I think it's completely feasible. I mean, even even if that does happen, eleven and five is great. I mean, we were thinking eight and eight, seven and nine, nine wins at most uh, at the beginning of the season. So, how far we've come, gentlemen! How far we've oh, come.
2: Oh, eleven was, and five matches that Rams bring around right there too. So it it does people talk about during the early part of the season? Yep.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, you've been listening to Bears Nation podcast. Harrison, thank you for filling in. Chris, always a pleasure. But remember, go like, rate, review the podcast, five stars, leave your comments, tweet at us. We love to mix it up on Twitter. Uh, That's especially true of Chris and myself, I think. But, you know, rate, review, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you guys. But this has been Bears Nation Podcast. Tune in again next week, and we'll be right here to hopefully talk about a Packers win. Bear down.